Hey there, Off The Grid listener. Let's take a moment to dream a little dream together. What if you didn't need to be perfect? You didn't need to start over. You didn't need to be small and quiet so you never caused harm. And you didn't need to do it alone or just try harder. What if instead you could get support at a nervous system level to weather whatever happens in your business? And you could learn trauma-informed best practices for your work that end cycles of freezing, fawning, or people-pleasing. What if you could be held in deep care as you practice honoring your boundaries and amending and accounting for inevitable harm? If any of these dreams are resonating, I want to invite you to join Foundations, a hybrid training container to strengthen your trauma-informed care and business practices taught by podcast sponsor and somatic trauma-informed practitioner, Jess Jackson. Foundations gathers May 17th through 19th with live trainings and a virtual portal with an actionable curriculum. Learn more and save your spot at the link in the show notes. Welcome to Off The Grid, a podcast for small business owners who want to leave social media without losing all their clients. I'm Amelia Ruby, writer, speaker, and founder of Softer Sounds Podcast Studio. On this show, I share stories, strategies, and experiments for growing your business with radical generosity and energetic sovereignty. Download your free Leaving Social Media Toolkit at softersounds.studio slash buy IG and join us as we do it all off the grid. Hello, and welcome to Off the Grid, a podcast about leaving social media without losing all your clients. I'm Amelia Freeby. I am a writer, speaker, and the founder of Softer Sounds, a podcast studio for entrepreneurs and creatives. As you might have guessed, I am also the host of this podcast, and I like to think of myself as your guide and fellow explorer as we launch and grow thriving, feel-good businesses without social media. Today, we are here for episode 11 of the podcast. We are cruising through season one, and I am joined by Patty Ryan Lee, who is a friend and the web witch behind the fiery well, which I'm going to tell you about in just a second. Before we dive into our conversation with Patty, I have two quick reminders, as always. Number one is that we are hosting a giveaway. So if you are tuning in while season one is still premiering, we'll put it, (laughs) you can enter our giveaway to win a copy of the Instead deck from Inner Workout. So the Instead deck is an amazing card deck that invites you to stop scrolling and take a moment for self-care. I love the deck and its creator, my dear friend, Taylor Elise Morrison, who's going to be on the podcast next week. And now you're probably like, I want one of these. What do I have to do to win one? Well, (laughs) all you have to do is submit a question for our listener Q&A episode of the podcast that will wrap up season one. So there are two ways to submit a question and enter the giveaway. You can record a voice message. Just go to speakpipe.com slash off the grid, which is linked in the show notes or below if you're on YouTube. Head there, record a voice message sharing a question that you have about leaving social media, and you will be entered to win the giveaway. If you're like, no way I'm not going to record a voice message, Amelia, that's okay too. You can email your question to hi at softersounds.studio. So everyone who submits a question for the listener Q&A episode will be entered to win an Instead deck 
Unfortunately, we are only shipping to US-based addresses just because customs is a challenge. So um, we welcome our international listeners to submit questions, but only US-based entries will be part of the giveaway. Sorry up front, y'all. Okay, now that I fumbled my way through that giveaway announcement, we have announcement number two, (laughs) which is a reminder to download our free Leaving Social Media Toolkit. So this is our totally free resource for leaving social media and creating your fun, feel-good marketing plan that is algorithm-free. The toolkit has three of my favorite marketing tools of all time inside, and you can get it at softersounds.studio slash buyig. That's B-Y-E-I-G. All you have to do is drop your email there and the toolkit will land in your inbox automatically, as I like to put it, or as I heard somebody else say, which I love. So again, please submit a question to enter our giveaway and please download the free leaving social media toolkit. And that said, let's dive into today's episode. For episode 11, I am here with Patty Ryan Lee and Patty is the witch tarot reader and web developer behind The Fiery Well, the only tech and business support space just for service-based witches. I am a member of The Fiery Well's online community and I have to say that everything Patty shares there has helped me streamline my business systems and just bring so much more ease into my business let alone all of the tech questions she's answered for me. (laughs) So I know this is a podcast about leaving social media and you might be like, why are we talking about systems? But what I want to say is when we go a few layers deeper than leaving social media, I've found that while leaving social gave me some peace of mind, it's actually my business systems that have given me time and energy and creativity back in my business. So it's the systems that make my life easier, better, and more fun. Leaving social was really like a surface layer kind of thing. And when I go deeper, it's all about systems, y'all. So that's what we're talking about today. And I'm so excited to have Patty here. Thanks so much for joining me, Patty. Hello. I am so glad to be here. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. And it just fills my heart with so much joy when people realize systems do bring ease. They do. It's like a direct causation. (laughs) Systems equal ease. They do. (laughs) And ease requires effort because it's not simple. Systems aren't simple, unfortunately. Yeah. Because you have to have so much awareness about yourself and your business to even get them. 100%. And that just reminds me, I think that piece about self-awareness also speaks back to the first guest I had on the podcast episode I did with my friend, Mary Grace Allardyce, where we talked about how like to have energetic sovereignty in your business, you have to be really aware of your, your needs, your behaviors, what supports you, what drains you. And it's true for systems too, because not to get ahead of myself, but you know, we've all built a system that like made everything worse for our lives. (laughs) Probably before (laughs) we built a system that actually made it way easier and better. (laughs) So now that we like dove deep, let's like pull way back out to the surface. And I want to ask you, Patty, a very basic question, because we have some little lovely business babes and newbies in here. So what are business systems and why do all business owners need them? Oh, I love this question because I recently read a book that said all business owners don't need systems. I can I swear? <laughs> yes, you can swear. Please do. <laughs> That's utter bullshit. <laughs> you know, it's wait till you have employees, wait till you have virtual assistants or somebody to support you to have a system. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no. Yeah. That's too late. Because at that point, it's far too late. And systems, they help us unmartyr ourselves. Mm. And I find this to be true with 
myself, I'm a glaring example of this. If you find it difficult to ask for help, it's very difficult to establish systems in your business. And where you find it most difficult to ask for help is where you need the strongest systems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's where you need the most support. Right. And you got to get that out of your head. So I, I think all business owners should look for ways of, okay, how can I eliminate myself from my job? How does a system do that for us? You know, I hear you say, how can I eliminate myself from my job? And I'm like, yeah, please, dear God, like eliminate me immediately. <laughs> but other people might be like, why would I want, I, like I started this business so I could do this. Why would I want to eliminate myself right. from, from my job? So what does that mean? So most of us start our businesses because we want to do what we're good at. And there's a lot in business we're not good at. Some of us are really good with the financial end. Some of us are not. Some of us are really good with advertising. Some of us are not. Some of us are really good with the admin day-to-day bullshit. And some of us are not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So if you can establish systems and routines around that and get the process of what you're doing day-to-day out of your head, you can highlight what you don't like you can highlight what you do like and work to those strengths in your business, mm-hmm. which leads to less resentment in your business. As long as you're doing what you enjoy doing, you'll never work a day in your life, as my grandmother, great grandmother would say. <laughs> but that's also bullshit. <laughs> yeah. It because, is. especially for solopreneurs, if you're the only one, you have to do everything. Mm-hmm. So, if you can write down what you're doing, you don't have to think about it as much. Oh, I hate doing taxes. I mean, who, who enjoys doing taxes, right? <laughs> Accountants. Who enjoys sitting down once a month and doing financials? Okay, but are you sitting down once a month and doing your financials? No, why not? <laughs> I like, am because I learned that lesson, but you know, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta learn it. You gotta learn that lesson. And that, again, comes down to that awareness. What are you aware of in your business? And a lot of people are aware of nothing in their business hmm. beyond what they know how to do well. Yeah, I think that... What you're saying reminds me that like, for me, a business system is creating a business system is the act of documenting something that you do in your business and turning it into a repeatable process. So taking that like step by step approach, that's like one type when I say business system, that's kind of I think what we're both thinking is like, how do I make a standard operating procedure, which I'm sure will come up soon an SOP (laughs) (laughs) for all of these tasks that I'm doing over and over again. So it's almost I've heard someone refer to it as like process sizing what we do so that every time isn't the first time because it requires so much energy to do something for the first time. And if you don't document how you do it and then turn it into a repeatable process, every time is the first time. And we've already used the example of finances, right? Like we all have our own like things around money. And so if every time you go into your accounting software or your bank account, you know, maybe you're not even at a place where you have accounting software yet. Every time you go in your bank account, it's just like panic and stress and you're making up whatever you do every single time. That is not a system and it will just drain you. Yeah. But if you can make a standard operating procedure for how you do your end of month financials, then you just know what you're going to do. And it's the same every single time. It takes the emotion out. Yeah, it does. Or at least for me, sometimes like it takes the, the emotion of like the stress and anxiety out. And then I can actually start to notice other emotions that come up when I do these things, right? Like I can feel happy that I actually made money that month because I'm not just panicked about all of the charges I can't figure out. Or I can feel legitimately worried because I didn't make money that month, but it's not just coming from this story in my head. It's coming from actually doing the process, looking at the books. Systems help me kind of 
I just keep doing this hand motion that people on YouTube can see and podcasters can't, but helps me clear systems, help me clear out space to actually do things in my business. And then like put my energy elsewhere where I want to be putting it at the stuff I am good at and that I like, and that brings me like joy and the stuff that is regenerative. Like I like to put my energy in places that bring me more energy in my business. And I build systems for everything else. It removes decision fatigue. It removes Mm -hmm. the overwhelm. It removes, that's that's perfectly it is that first time you go to something. And then if you don't write it down, it's the first time all over again. Every single time. Every time. Yeah. You're just like, and it also means that you can't grow and evolve in your business or it's harder and it's slower. You know, there's nothing wrong with being slow, but it's just like, if you're doing everything for the, if it's the first time every time, it doesn't get easier or better. And I want everything to get easier and better. Right. Well, and if it's the first time every time, you can't track what's actually changing. Mm-hmm. I used to go in and for the calendar system and everything for events and do everything and set up folders and do this and do that. And I would do that quarterly so I wouldn't have to do it as often. And then the new quarter would come along. I'm like, shit, how did I do that again? Yeah. And so the system, there, is, there was a system, but it, then it would change every quarter. Exactly. And that's how you end up like, well, one quarter I did it on the event on Zoom, and then one quarter I did it on go to meeting, and then one quarter I started a new webinar software because I never remembered what I did last time. <laughs> yeah. And then every time you put tons of energy into learning a new software, or a new program, or a new something just because you didn't like the system. So yeah. We're already talking now about systems we have in our businesses, ways our <laughs> systems make life easier, ways they we have failed our own systems. <laughs> For folks who are just starting out in business, what are some systems you'd suggest people put in place when they're launching their business? That is such a loaded question because it, <laughs> my favorite answer, and you hear this a lot inside the well, yeah. it depends. Yeah. What are you trying to do? And it's really hard. I just had this discussion with another member that wanted to create a system before the process was in place. And a lot of people want to do that when you're brand new, especially it's like, okay, perfectionism, I want to get this just right, <laughs> right out the gate, you're calling me and out. establish all of these systems right away so that I can have a streamlined business. But that's putting the cart before the horse. Yeah. So for business, if especially if you're brand new, write everything down mm-hmm. as you do it. Don't think like you have to come into a system right out the gate and write everything down on how it should work, write it down as you do it, as it's actually happening. Don't try and create a system right away. Trust me. (laughs) I love this advice. This is great. So what I'm hearing you say is that we all want business systems, or, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe Patty and I have now convinced you, you want business systems. (laughs) But when you're just starting out, like you can't put the system cart before the horse, the business horse. You actually have to just let your business horse run. You have to do some things. And the most important thing is to be documenting. You need to be writing down everything that you're doing so that once you have done it the first time, maybe even done it the second time or the third time, then you can look at it and say, okay, what is the system here? How do I streamline this process? How do I make it repeatable? What's going to happen every time now that I have these sorts of data points of doing it a few times? And that definitely speaks to something I experienced because I have only been in business for 10 months or so as we're recording this. So I'm I'm a pretty new business owner. I got a leg up because I worked at a business school before I started my business, which definitely helped. (laughs) But (laughs) 
You know, I think that what you're saying really resonates with me because I definitely did try to create systems before I had done things. You know, honestly, sometimes it worked. You know, I got QuickBooks as soon as I got a business and I like, you know, I created a monthly, like month end accounting system right off the bat. And that was okay for me. Like that worked out. But there have been other things I did because I thought I was being a smart business owner and starting with a system where I just ended up like, you know, investing in course software that was way more intense than what I needed, right? Like, I cannot tell you how many people I see pour hundreds of dollars into Kajabi no shade to Kajabi. It's just expensive before they (laughs) even have a course because they're trying to prep the system before the course exists even, or they've sold any seats in the course. And I just love what you said, because it speaks to that desire to like get it all right before we even do it. That's a real danger of being like too ambitious about your systems when you're early on maybe. And that puts a lot of pressure on you to continue one to try and keep this system that you've created because you've poured your heart and soul into the system. Yeah. You become attached to the system and you don't want to let it change. Yeah. Especially when it comes to tech, people get very attached to the investment that they make in tech. And if you make that investment too soon, you're stuck with it just because you can't release it. So hard. It is so hard to change systems. Like it is, it is. And we'll get to this in a second. Cause we're, this episode is not just for new business owners, friends. <laughs> we are going to talk about how us current business owners can audit some of our systems. And, but if you're listening to this and you're in business, you know that when you want to change a system, it can be a commitment. Or when you want to change a tech tool, like if you're going to move your email marketing between email marketing services, I mean, I'm just like, no, thank you. Never, ever. I will commit to this piece of software. I don't love because I will never move it. <laughs> Or like when I moved into Dubsado in my business, I was like, this is it for me. I will die here. I'm basically like buying my little cemetery plot. I am now a Dubsado business. I am never moving because it's so much work to move there. Well, and then Dubsado, I mean, Dubsado 17 hats, uh, HoneyBook, the the CRM workflow kind of tech, especially because often people get into those too soon. Those are Mm -hmm. system streamliners. You have to have an established system before you get that kind of software. Yes. And so people are like, all right, I'm going to do a photography business. I'm going to get Dubsado done. All right. Okay. How do you actually work with clients? Well, I I don't know yet. (laughs) (laughs) You have to have the system before you get the software. You need to understand what's going into your course before you Mm -hmm. decide what kind of platform you need. You have to start at the end and work your way back. Yeah. And so I think then what we're kind of circling toward is that for new business owners or people launching their businesses. To me, it's like the core of what you need to figure out is your offerings. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what is the offering? How will you offer it? I always advise having like, if you can, like a test client or two or three people that you kind of work out the kinks with and you work out the process with. And then when you actually have documented all of that and you document your process that's when you're ready to go to create the system and find the tech tool that's going to serve it. So maybe I'll use my own business as an example here. And Patty, like, please chime in with examples from yours or your your clients as well. When I started Softer Sounds, (laughs) this is I haven't actually shared this anywhere. So this is kind of fun to walk through. I knew I wanted to start a podcast business, but I didn't really know what I was going to do. And I met with this business coach for like one session. And she was basically like, great, I'm starting a podcast. I would like to be your first client. Bill me. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> okay, that works. <laughs> Not fine. So I had to like invent a package for her. And what I did was a pretty like MVP strategy, which is a minimum viable product strategy. I recorded a workshop on Zoom 
I made a workbook in Canva. I put them in Dropbox and invited her to a Dropbox folder. That was all tech I already had. It was not fancy or splashy or anything like that. But then we like worked through this process together. And I kind of learned, I was like, okay, here's like my tiny baby, like seed of this. And then after that, it's like, okay, well, I recorded the workshop better. I made the workbook. I took like her feedback and improved the workbook. And then I put it on like a password protected page of my website. That was like stage two. Because by then I had a website. Which I didn't have first time. (laughs) You don't Um, need a website right out the gate. (laughs) No, not necessarily. And then I, you know, and from there, I built it out further. I used like a different program to actually create logins for that page on my website. And I had email templates for how I like started the process with clients and then what happened at each stage along the way. And then I I did that with a few people. And then I really had much more of a system that was like, okay, I know here's what I deliver and the types of files I deliver. Here's the types of emails I send. Here's the timeline this happens on. Here's how much this actually costs and how I bill for it. And I took all of that and then moved my system into Dubsado because I really was craving automation around it because I had gotten in a couple sticky spots of like people saying yes, and then I needed to invoice them, but I was out of town and this can just be automated. So That's like my brief example of a way that I moved from, you know, launching into systems and a tech tool that that's serving me well now. What comes to mind for you when you think of like how a system has developed in over time in your business or one of your clients' businesses? Well, before I say that, I do want to highlight oh. <laughs> that's removing yourself from your business. Oh yeah. You took yourself out of the equation. You were the roadblock. Somebody's emailing me on Friday night, but I'm not in the office till Monday morning. Oh shit. Automation is a great way of doing that. Oh, how far back with clients do I go? (laughs) Because I've worked with so many different industries and so many different people. Mm -hmm. But I pull folks out of the Stone Age as -hmm. best I can. Mm -hmm. Because I've had clients that were still delivering printed brochures to clients. They were mailing them. Yeah. And I'm like, no, we can put that on a website. You can? (laughs) Yes. And autoresponders for emails. People are very against that. I was like, you can do that. That's part of a flow. That's part of a system. That's part of a process. Yeah. And a lot of my clients had no idea they actually had a system in process in place mm-hmm. because they've never written anything down. Yeah. Ever. Like that's consistent with all my clients. They've never written anything down. <laughs> ever. Yeah. It's like when I had jobs at various sizes of businesses, that's what we always refer to as like in different ways as like the institutional knowledge or as like gatekeeping that knowledge. Like if only one person knows how things are done, and if you're a solopreneur, it's you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You become the roadblock, as you just put it. Like you become the reason that things can't happen because you can't, nobody else can do it. When nobody can't (laughs) because you haven't written it down. And I mean, that I was the same way even in my business. Like I didn't really get into systems until just several years ago. Because I'm like, well, it's just me and everything I do is custom. And it's always, you know, Mm -hmm. I live in email. There is no streamlined process, anything. And it's like, oh, no, there's a process here. I had no idea I had it. I took a couple courses. I was like, oh. And then I realized in my own personal life, I have systems and I have processes and I have Mm -hmm. SOPs. This is how I do laundry. Yeah. (laughs) This is how I cook the stitch. It's a recipe. As soon as I started writing them down, this is just for myself, I started to see how many holes in my process I Mm, had mm -hmm. where I was still the bottleneck because it wasn't so much my process. It was the clients I was working with. I was attracting 
clients that weren't ready mm-hmm. for my process. Yeah. And I had no idea until I sat down and wrote everything down. So yeah. systems are at the base of everything that you do. <laughs> Yeah, I love this point because what it's reminding me is like we've been talking about business systems in terms of the systems that fuel your business and like the things you do, like your finances or your marketing or, you know, these various aspects. And then I gave the example of like how I built systems for this offering and like to deliver it and to sell it. But what you're speaking to also reminds me of that systems can help us productize our services. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is, that's been crucial for me for my growth as a business owner, because I used to be an audio editing freelancer, which would mean to me, and what happened and what that meant to me is that people would come to me and say, like, I need a podcast editor. And then every single time, we would like figure out what they needed. And I would build out this like new, like this specific package for them. We'd negotiate rates and we'd like talk about deadlines, all these things. It was like the first time every time. Mm-hmm. And when I launched Softer Sounds, I was like, no, 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 <laughs> never again. Because I did that for like three or four years at that point. And I was like, I am so sick of every client being at a different rate of every yep. client having their own specific thing. And it took so much more, it was so much mental load for me mm-hmm. to know just to track that. Mm-hmm. So when I built softer sounds, I built packages. And now like, that's how you work with me. I mean, I yep. do occasionally do custom quotes, <laughs> but you want to come in, I've got three different tiers of editing packages, you pick your one, it all builds out this like through the same form. And it's like, that's it. So systems can also help us streamline how we work with clients. And to your point, who we work Ooh. with. Yeah, Because I used to have people come to me for editing who didn't have a podcast yet. And that's how I built my first podcast launch package was like, well, you don't have a podcast. So <laughs> I guess we'll help you out. Um, but you know, then I've learned like, maybe I just want to work with people who already have podcasts. And like, that's not what I'm interested in. Like you learn that as you build the systems over time. Yeah. Cause I started, like I used to do branding and strategy and everything before the website because Mm -hmm. so many clients came to me unprepared for a website. Yeah. Like they maybe had a social media presence or they just had this idea, but they weren't ready technically for a website. So Mm -hmm. I started offering them the whole kit and caboodle and that's an intensive process. And I didn't enjoy it. I was like, okay, no, you come to me fully ready. Well, how do you, how do you talk about coming fully ready? You're in the first five years of your business, three to five. You've already got everything. You've got some offers. You've got some streamlined. You know what you're doing. Then you can come in. Once I did that, client process sped up so much. Mm -hmm. I can knock out a website in a month. Yeah. And I can relate to that in podcasting too. Like I expect my launch clients to come to me with their podcast idea. And Mm -hmm. I do some like custom podcast development work for people who don't have an idea. But if you want to purchase my launch package, you already need to know what your podcast is. And we'll fine tune it. Maybe I'll help you figure out the name. But like the concept needs to be there. That's not built into the structure of this launch package. And then how much does your client enjoy the process? Because you're both on the same page then. Yeah. If you're someone who if you're listening to this, and you're a business service provider in your business, and you feel like you and your clients are never on the same page about what they need or what you should be doing together. You need a system, you need to figure out the process of your offerings, and what's the entry point. 
And I don't say that in a judgmental way. I say that in an I've been there way. <laughs> oh yeah. We've we've all and you will be there. If you're not there, you you will be. <laughs> yeah. Because it's I, I call the first five years of business the what the fuck muck. that's great you should trademark that (laughs) and i'm like it's so good it's it's got to be somebody else's line but i I have no idea but it's just what i call it give yourself five years and it sounds like a long ass time Mm -hmm. but it's gonna be five the first year you're gonna stumble around and go okay i want to do this is anybody gonna buy it and this is all a system there is a system and business process that you're following a flow the first year you're going to do this. The second year you're going to fumble around that. The third year you're going to burn it all to the ground and start over. <laughs> and you can't skip it. It's like it's an archetypal journey. As yep. I, you know, work with or am a member of the North Node, which is another business community run by Holisticism, and they are all about archetypes. And entrepreneurship is an archetypal journey. And something I've had to learn the hard way is my first year is that you don't really get to skip things. No. <laughs> like you can, <laughs> but like they come back. Yes. <laughs> like you can try to skip the burning it all down phase, but it will show up for you. Yeah. It's just, it's gonna, it's gonna happen. I know Patty, we're, we are like just swimming in the <laughs> sea of systems here. We're like talking about <laughs> people just launching, talking about our own systems But something I really love that we do in the Fiery Well is you organize all these amazing, basically like systems audits for us. And so I would love if you could share with folks, like, what is an audit? What are some things and systems you might audit in your business? And why do we want to do? Okay. So if you're on YouTube, you just saw my eyes go, ooh. (laughs) So I love audits, like not from the IRS kind of audits. (laughs) I'm always afraid that's going to happen. But no, audits, I try to break it down to be very basic. And it's mm-hmm. A-U-D-I-T, which we will be adding S for the next one. It it comes down to A for awareness. To audit something, you have to have something to audit. Mm-hmm. This implies something's something you're already, it's something you're already doing, mm-hmm. something you already have. So this doesn't work if you are just brainstorming something. But you want to be aware and have, <laughs> what, what are we going to be auditing? What are we, what information do we need? And then we go to understanding. Okay, we have the idea of what we want to audit. What are all the details? With those details, we have some decisions to make. With those decisions, we have some maybe more information or implementation to do, information Mm -hmm. gathering or implementation. And then we track. Mm -hmm. That's the important part. That's the hard part is an audit is not a one and done. We start them off. I think we've done them like once a quarter now. But the key to the audit is to continually track go back to that reference sheet and update it. How are things changing? So that when you come back and do the audit from scratch, there's no surprises. Yeah, I love that. So audit, awareness, understanding, decisions, information slash implementation, and tracking. That's our acronym. Is that that word is for? Anyway, I think so. Um, I never remember. Yeah, <laughs> me neither. I love that because there are four steps before tracking. This blew my mind yeah. the first time I did an audit in the fiery well. I was just like so ready on day one to start tracking because I think nope. one of the first ones we did was time tracking. And I was like, cool, I'm here. I'm going to track my time. And then I was like, <laughs> or not. <laughs> nope, we're not. We, we're not doing it that way. I do everything. I don't know if you can tell from the way that we talk. I do things backwards <laughs> inside the well. How, what are you going to track? If you can't decide what you're going to track, you're going to track everything. Mm-hmm. And tracking everything is unnecessary. Yeah, it just it, 
it's time consuming and it takes too much energy. And so, you know, just to share like my experience of the time tracking audit, something I learned through like the process is that before we did the audit, I had started tracking my time and I was just tracking client work versus non-client work. Like how much time am I working in my business? What's client work and what's other work? And I did that before the audit and I came into the audit and I was like, cool. And I realized that that gave me not helpful information at all. (laughs) I was like, well, (laughs) now I like know that it's kind of 50-50. But what I realized when I went through those first four steps is I actually wanted to know much more clearly. Like I, I wanted more information. I wanted a more of a breakdown of which clients are taking the most time. How much time am I spending on editing versus other tasks for them? Because, you know, some clients... We all know this. They're just needier than others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, just, they're just showing up in your inbox more. They're just like boxing <laughs> you every day. They're just like around. And then other clients are like, here are my files. Please go away. I will not talk to you until I need to pay you again. So when we went through the audit, I learned that. And now I've been time tracking for two months and I have to go back through the first four steps to be like, okay, is still doing this serving me? And what am I learning? And what do I want to change? That's very cool. I like them because it also, I mean, we get kind of witchy. And a lot of like tarot and astrology, it's like, okay, so do you see on specific days, you feel better doing this task than others? Mm -hmm. On those specific days, is there a specific hour? Does that align with on Mondays, it's a moon day, do you feel more in your body on Jupiter days on Thursdays? Do you feel more abundant and you're working with money and all this so that you can productivity hacks and all the toxicity and all that. But it... (laughs) So that you can streamline how you're working in your business. Yeah. And understand the processes that you do on those days Mm -hmm. so that you can optimize the time that you're spending in your business so that you're spending less time in it. And I don't know if that's something we've said overtly yet, but I think is true for both of us, which is just like the goal of these systems is to spend less time working. Yes. If you love busy work and you're just like, no, actually, I want 80 hours a week of business things to do, like maybe you can enjoy life without systems. (laughs) But you're probably not listening to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) There is something about busy work because I was very attached to busy work. I had to feel Mm -hmm. like I was very busy because we're raised in busy work. Like if you come from nine to five and then you try to translate that when you're working for yourself and you realize, but I'm only working three hours a day, I need to fill that time so that I'm quote unquote working Mm -hmm. in my business. And the more systems that you have, potentially, the more streamlined that you become, you're not working as much. Mm -hmm. And people get very uncomfortable with that quiet. Systems bring stillness in your business. (laughs) That's That's a good quote. And that's very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So if you're like, okay, no, but I need to work like 90 hours a week because I just love my job. That's fine. I get that. If you're still working 90 hours with systems... I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe get comfortable with that quiet. See what happens in the stillness. Yeah. There's like something else happening there. There's something going on. Or you're like running multiple businesses or, or something is happening. So we talked through the audit process and we've been yeah. we've been talking about time. I talked about the time tracking audit. What are some other things that people might audit in their business? Oh, so the first thing that we did to establish this system was a tech audit. Mm. which was like my favorite because I'm in tech. <laughs> you are. <laughs> because people tend to either under-purchase or over-purchase their tech. Mm-hmm. And, and this comes down to financial systems. 
They have no idea how much they're actually spending on the tech that they have. So the first day is all I want you to do is go through all your receipts, all your emails, all your account logins, and write down all the different things you use. Mm -hmm. Google Workspace, Riverside, Canva, Mm -hmm. Zoom, all just write them down. And the light bulbs people had, I have three different communication pieces mm-hmm. and I'm paying for one that's included with Google Workspace. Why am I paying for Zoom and why am I paying for this and why am I paying for that? And it's like, uh-huh, this is why we do this. No, it's real. And then sometimes you're like me and you're like, well, Dubsado has a scheduler, but I still pay for Calendly because I hate the okay. Dubsado scheduler. <laughs> okay. So then there's that. Because it comes, I'm the same way. I miss Calendly for the one-off because it's become its own verb. There are some tool sets that are just so efficient at what they do. They're worth the cost. Yeah. Dubsado was great for entire processes, for entire workflows with clients that have to schedule. But those one-off meetings or those quick links to schedule, Calendly does it well. (laughs) Yeah. So when we do the tech audit, there are kind of, I, you know, make a joke of that, but there are layers to this. Like we're document everything that you're using and then you assess, well, I don't know exactly your process. What I'm imagining is like, what can this do? You look for what's duplicated, but there's also a layer of like, what makes your life easier and better. And, you know, sometimes you pay for two things because one of them does it well and one of them doesn't, but I wouldn't pay for another thing that was just scheduling because right. I already have Calendly. So that could be fun. Are there other audits that you have done or would suggest business owners do to assess their systems? Once you're established enough and like if you're doing emailing and newsletters and blogs and social media posts, content audits. Mm, what's a content we're, audit? We're doing that next, which is going to be <laughs> fun. It's not going to be easy, <laughs> but you go back and you fill out a spreadsheet with every piece of content you've ever created. This is easier for me because I'm not on social media. <laughs> so I don't create that much content. And, <laughs> and the thing with the audits is that they're very, uh, they're structured. It's a framework, mm-hmm. but it's very open. You can approach it however you want. So if you want to spend yeah. a quarter auditing your newsletter that you've written, if you want to spend a quarter auditing the blog, where are you spending the most of your time? Or where do you feel like you want to be spending most of your time? Mm-hmm. Do the content audit. And it's simply having an awareness, how much content is already out there. Yeah. And then understanding your metrics. Mm-hmm. Do yeah. you have metrics? <laughs> Do you have analytics installed of any like, kind? They're probably somewhere. <laughs> have you ever looked at, can you go find them? You'd be surprised how many people don't have any kind. Because it's just one of those in the layering of doing a website and the layering of doing this. It's not something a lot of people look at beyond yeah. like follower count or visit count. They're not looking at, okay, what's the click-through rate? Yeah. What's the SEO comparison for the content and the results that I'm getting? What's the impression rate on Google versus Bing versus those are the two big ones on my head, top of my head. But yeah. yeah. And like, when do you want or need to know those things, right? Like which, what do you want to focus on? Where is your emphasis? And I think this is really something I love about the contents that you've already, the audits that you've already said is like the purpose of those first few steps is to help you figure out like, like what information are you seeking? What is going to make an impact for you? You know, if I've been doing SEO work for six months, I really need that information on like, is how, it working? Is it working? <laughs> you know, whereas like for me, the number of Instagram followers I have is not really that important to me because I don't use that service. I like that your audits are designed to help us figure out like what information do we need? So we're not just like tracking everything and then staring at like a scary 
overwhelming spreadsheet all of the time. Yeah. As we know, this is a podcast about social media or leaving social media. So what are some, you know, how might a content audit like this help make social media easier for people who are still on it? Or are there other systems that can help us with social media in our businesses that you'd suggest developing? Well, I love content audits, especially for those that are planning to leave social media, Mm. because you have a wealth of content on somebody else's site that you can then analyze and go, okay, what do I need to keep? What do I want to keep? What can be put together on Mm. my own website? Rather than feeling like, okay, I'm leaving social media, I have to start over. Yeah. No, you don't. You have... How long have you been on Instagram? How long have you been on Twitter? How long have you been on LinkedIn? Mm -hmm. Whatever you're leaving, go through everything that you have there, or even better, have them send it to you. You can go download your content from them and go through it and put that on your website without having to start over. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I also think this is why, like, I left my account up as an archive. Like, I really thought a lot about when I was leaving social media what have I created here that is a body of work that I want to continue to live on? How does it live on on this platform? And how do I capture it and move it elsewhere? So it's not simply like making meta money. How can it make me money? <laughs> you can get it <laughs> off their else. platform. <laughs> I think about a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You're a business owner who is still on social media. Do you have any systems that help you like navigate and negotiate that? Oh, I have many and mostly are focused around time. So Mm. it's people say bots are bad. Automation engagement is bad for social media. Twitter doesn't have much, but Facebook and Instagram do. Mm -hmm. And so I have instant auto reply set up for the DMs Mm -hmm. for when I delete the app off my phone. Sunday, Monday, I'm not on social media at all. Mm -hmm. I'm tiptoeing my way off. (laughs) But because I am present other times, people still expect to be able to communicate with me. Mm Mm-hmm. So I meet that expectation while still having that boundary. And that's a system that's set up through Meta. I'm not here. Please reach out via email. Mm -hmm. And that is probably the best system I ever set up simply because then when I go, I don't even have to look at my messages when I come back because I know if you really wanted to get a hold of me, you you would have just emailed me me because I told you. So this is, this is not an emergency. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I can get out of my DMs. And not deal with that. I used to have systems for content. And the biggest thing I do inside the well is play so that y'all don't have to. I play and experiment, which is very frustrating, gives me a headache because it's like, (laughs) okay, well, this does this and this does that. So I've had many different systems and many different protocols and deals, Mm -hmm. ways of dealing with social media. And now I just go, am I logging in today? (laughs) Am I posting today? Yes. No. Yeah. I mean, that's a system though, right? Like that's those, a system. asking those two questions when you log yep. on to work each day, like a simple system that's just like yep. checking in. And depending yep. on those answers, you might have a different system that pops in there if it's yes or no. But I love that. It's a perfect example of like, you know, you're not starting work and having this agonizing social media is horrible and I don't know what I'm doing. And like, you're not dealing with all the big feelings. You just have two simple questions. Yep. Am I logging on? Am I posting? Yes, no answers. And then with the am I posting, I have another one that's been just this phrase in my head because I get so sick of people bitching about the algorithm on Instagram. I'm like, you're wondering why you're not attracting your customers is because you're attracting people that also want to bitch about the algorithm. You're feeding the algorithm. (laughs) You're feeding the machine. You're getting the result anyway. So I was like, all right, I'm done because I would feed into that. I would do that with politics. Mm -hmm. I would do that with all sorts of things. Very reactive, not responsive. 
mm-hmm. which is, I mean, the point of social media. I was like, all right, we're done. Don't bitch, build, mm-hmm. which has become a mm-hmm. core tenet, a core value of the business. If this is not productive, if this does not solve a problem, if this does not point someone in a direction to do something with their energy, we're not doing it. Mm-hmm. And you'd be surprised how little resharing I do on social media now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's the biggest system that I have is don't bitch. Mm, yeah. I mean, I love that because to, for me, it points to like a motto can be a system. Mm-hmm. It's that touch point for you. That's like, you just can go back to over and over. And I think that that's why I always like to talk about values-based or values-aligned business. Like if you know the values or you have the guiding principles, like for you, don't bitch build. For me, you know, I have things like keep it easy, <laughs> grow slowly. <laughs> Those become these things I can go back to and be like, wait, I'm feeling really like urgent on this. And I can be like, nope, we grow slowly and we go slowly here. So like chill mm-hmm. out, Amelia. And like they become these check-ins. And then that is its own system. And then you can build a whole system of like, okay, well, I know that on social media, I don't bitch, I build. So here's my process for how I build a piece of helpful problem solving based content over the course of XYZ posts, days, whatever it may be. Like that motto can then create like a workflow and a process that comes from it. So beautiful. Look at all that (laughs) integrated. I, I love it. I love it so much. With systems, you start simple. Mm -hmm. Checklists, checking in, pausing. That's all it has to start out with. It doesn't have to be this three ring binder of this is how I function daily in my business. It's just pause. Yeah. I love to encourage people just start with like a log on and a log off procedure. Three things you're going to do every day when you start working and three things you're going to do when before you quit working at the end of the day. And that gets into ritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can <laughs> be magical. Like is. one of your three things can be light a candle or pull a yep. tarot card. You can have yep. systems that are purely ritual, are purely magical. And yep. then they like start and finish your work day and they imbue your whole work day with magic. Yep. Systems are a spell. They oh, are. So magical. Boundaries are a spell. Systems are a spell. All of it. Because it's... If you break it down, a system is how do I want to spend my day? How do I want to spend my hour? How do I want to live my life? Mm-hmm. It's slowly building that intention. Mm-hmm. And it just happens to be an intention. Somebody else could pick up and go, that might work for me. It's a recipe. Oh, oh beautiful. Okay. <laughs> I think that's a perfect note to it's like start wrapping us up on. I wanted to make space at the end of this conversation for us to do maybe It's not really a rapid fire because I don't move rapidly, but some (laughs) version of like, we've mentioned a lot of tech tools in this conversation. And I'd love for us to just be like, what are some of our faves? I know I have already talked about Dubsado. I have talked about Calendly. If you listen to this podcast, you've heard me talk about Flowdesk. (laughs) Those are like some tools that have helped me systematize things in my business that I'm always telling other people about and suggesting for them. What are a couple of your favorite tech tools? tools that have supported your business systems recently? So for me personally, it's always been WordPress because I can do Mm -hmm. literally anything and everything on WordPress. Yeah. Not that, I mean, I support everybody inside the well with every system that you have, but (laughs) for me, it's WordPress. ConvertKit is a favorite and Notion. Oh, how did I forget Notion? I'm I'm like waiting for you to say Notion. I'm like horrified. If you if you're watching YouTube, you just saw my face freak out. Um, 
Yes, I use Notion for literally everything I do. Yep. I use it for my the dashboard for my business. It holds all of my files and things. And I also is like where I create client dashboards and do all of my track all of our work and organize our work together. So oh, yes, Notion. Yeah, Notion. Other tools I think I know that we both use would be like Slack and oh, yeah. Descript is one yep. that I know you use that I also always suggest for my podcast babes who don't want to hire an editor. It's a great transcription-based editing tool. I'm trying to think of other things. I have a Squarespace website. I don't know that I always <laughs> suggest Squarespace, but it, it again, it's one of those systems like I've been there so long, I'm just not going to jump ship too hard. Well, and that's the thing. It's like when you find a piece of tech, because it's, it's like I can spout off things that I like, but that doesn't always help someone else because... And I see this on social media so much. Hey, what do you all recommend for X? Mm-hmm. And I'm the only one asking questions <laughs> on the threads. This is it's why like, we come well, to you, Patty, because the rest <laughs> of us just say what we use. Right. And it depends. There's so much that it depends upon because what's your budget? What's your time? What is your budget now versus three years from now? Mm-hmm. What tool would be a better investment? It may feel like a crunch right now, but would actually put you further along if you made that investment now, what tool would that be? Yeah. And is this something you're going to use? Yeah. Like Squarespace versus WordPress. People are very polarized on this. They are. <laughs> and it's, it's like, true. I don't fucking care. Which one are you going to actually commit to using? Yeah. Yeah. And like, which one is more intuitive for you? For me, it's always like, what's going to be easier for me to pick it up? Because if I can't pick up a tool within like 20 minutes of hanging out in there, most often I'm just going to stop using it. Maybe like yeah. Dubsado would be one exception where I put in the time to learn it. And I like got support from people like you <laughs> to help me. <laughs> but I think, yeah, like, and that's where like free trials and different things can be so important. And I think I love your questions about like, you know, what's your budget? What's going to be useful now? What are you going to need, you know, in like three years based on where you are? And I think the other thing I said this earlier, I'm just going to say it again. Like I see way too many people ask their favorite, you know, business influencers, what tools they use and then pay for super expensive stuff that only makes sense if you have a certain like revenue stream or audience number or something coming in, you know? And so I think just being aware of who you're asking for recommendations and seeking out amazing people like Patty, who will ask you questions to find the best tool for you instead of just like pump their affiliate link into the world. I mean, no shame on affiliate links. Love them. No, I use them on everything. Yeah. yeah. But like some people are just sharing their tool in service of themselves, not in service of of you and the systems that you need to build for your business. You have to interview the tool. Mm, I like that. And to interview the tool, you have to have a job requirement. Mm -hmm. So what do you need this thing to do? Then go look for it. Perfect. Well, Patty, if people want to come look for you and find you and hopefully join us in the fiery well, where can they do that? Inside the fiery well.com. I am on Twitter somewhat. I'm on Instagram somewhat at the fiery well as well. But yeah. And if you're just like, holy shit, where do I even begin? I have a free service, not service. A free online course uh, called getonlinewitch.com, which will take you from overwhelmed to online in my way. We don't really touch on tech a whole lot. So it's fun, though. We break it down. But yeah, that's free. And that'll get you started. But if you're if you're in business within like the first three to five years, come inside the fiery wall, we can really tune you up. 
I will just like keep plugging that community. It's one of my favorite places to be with other business owners, particularly service providers, particularly witches, people who are bringing like a really intuitive, magical, soulful approach to their business. And you know, I'm in a ton of business communities free and paid, but the fiery well is the one where I actually post my top three for the week, where I actually <laughs> ask for feedback, where I actually hang out with people, which I just like can't say enough. So obviously, I'm just like gassing it up over here. <laughs> I'm gassing you up over here. But well, thank you very much. We love having you inside because it, you're also you provide your voice as well. You have you're the podcaster. But I do. What I is, talked about that in one of my episodes. Yes. I'm you gotta I'm the podcaster in every community I'm in. <laughs> I was like, we're just going to tag Amelia on this one. Because it's like, I don't have the answer to everything. I don't. And that's why community is so great. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You have people who bring different skills and talents and can share that in the spaces they're in. Well, thank you so much, Patty, for joining me today. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to episode 11 of Off the Grid. We have, I think, one or two more episodes in this part of season one, and then we're going to take one more mid-season break and come back for like our final month or so. Season one, honestly, I intended to be like six episodes. And then y'all have been so great. And so many people have just like wanted to be on the show or brought me great ideas. Like I'm already building a guest list for season two, because so many of you have reached out with such like great things to talk about. So you can always find me in the show notes, leave those voice messages with your questions for our Q&A episode that'll come at the end of the season. Check the links to get in touch with Patty and join the fiery well. And, you know, until next time, y'all, we'll see you off the grid. Bye for now. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Off the Grid. Find links and resources in the show notes. And don't forget to grab your free Leaving Social Media Toolkit at softersounds.studio slash buyig. That's softersounds.studio slash B-Y-E-I-G. This podcast is a Softer Sounds production. Our music is by Purple Planet, and our logo is by Natalia Studio. If you'd like to make a podcast of your own, we'd love to help. Find more about our services at softersounds.studio. Until next time, we'll see you off the grid.